Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are joining for this week, for this episode. This is a place where I talk about nutrition and health and wellness, and really where we dive deep into different topics compared to more of like short form content that I post on social media. And today is exactly a good example of that. And I don't even want to start the whole discussion on it. So just stay tuned because there's so much good information that I'm going to share. But before I just dive into everything, a shout out to the sponsor of this week, Bioptimizers. This is one of my go-to supplements. I use I use multiple of their supplements every day, to be honest. I take their magnesium, I take their digestive enzymes, and I take their probiotics. And those three are actually part of my preconception health supplement stack. And it's on my fridge. I've, con- I've kind of like written out what I think is important and what we should be taking. And I use bioptimizers for those three for that. So again, that's their magnesium, which is full spectrum. It has seven different types of magnesium in it. I use their digestive enzymes when I'm eating like gluten or dairy or things that I typically don't eat. And then I also take their probiotics because they are the best. So you can use my discount code biohackingbrittany. It's also linked on my website in the show notes. It's kind of everywhere for you. And if you ever have any trouble and you can't find the links or you forget the name of the company or something like that, just message me and I'll send you, I'll send it to you. Because I have definitely done that with other people and I hear something and I don't write it down and then I just message them on Instagram to find out later. So feel free to do that. Okay, so none, I don't want to waste any more of your time or of my time. I want to dive right into this topic. So we are talking all about the psychological, spiritual, and energetic reasons or relations to specific health issues and concerns that people have. And obviously, there's a massive disclaimer on this entire episode that is that there is no scientific research that indicates that any of this is in fact true or can hold up really in any type of clinical studies. Now, just because that might be the case, that doesn't mean that there's not other reasons behind it that that doesn't have, it doesn't mean something to somebody. And so that's why I'm kind of talking about it because I find stuff like this helpful. And even if you can't prove it in some sort of study, that doesn't mean that's not helpful for people. So that's the disclaimer. I, you know, I have to say it, but I think you kind of know it, but I just want to put that out there. And so this episode actually came from a place where I posted on Instagram, a couple of screenshots of some research I did on what ovarian cysts mean and energetically what they mean in the body and like kind of why they may be caused. And then I had a bunch of people respond to that, be like, oh my gosh, can you talk more about this? And can you do gallstones? And can you do fibroids? And so I've put together a bunch of information on five different topics and I'm just going to, you know, kind of read it out and explain it to you and you can take what you want from it and whatever may resonate for you which will be different for everybody. 
And I also kind of talked about this on my podcast, I think last week or the week before, where I said, like, if you know of any reasons behind ovarian cysts, like, please let me know. And I actually did have a couple of people reach out and I'm also going to read what they said to me. So you have the information as well. I just kind of chose five topics that people were talking to me about in my DMs and I didn't want to make it a bit more than that because obviously you could kind of research any symptom or any issue you're having and look into it. And I I would be open to doing another episode on this. So if there is something you're wondering about, you can message me and we can kind of see what might be going on. But of course, like this topic is quite sensitive and the nature of it is very sensitive and it's very personal. So it's very different from a lot of the other content that I talk about, but I do think it it plays a part into holistic health and healing. And I think that's really important. And so, yeah, when I talk about these different things, there's recommendations as well on to kind of like how to move through some of the like energetic and spiritual meanings behind these things. But of course, I'm not an expert in this space. Like I love biohacking and holistic health, but I'm not an expert in spiritual healing whatsoever. So this is a the this is just the surface level stuff that we're going to be talking about. And there are a lot of people who are experts in this. There's a lot of content creators. There's a lot of podcasters who talk about this in depth. Feel free to do some research. Okay, so we are going to be talking about ovarian cysts. I think ovarian cysts and then gallstones, fibroids, lumps in your breasts, and miscarriages. And so a lot of this, as you can tell, has to do with like female health. That's kind of where I specialize and I'm specializing in and just kind of relates to things that I'm going through. So it's kind of just what I share. It would be interesting though to do the male version of this episode, which is maybe something I should think about in terms of spiritual reasonings behind, I guess, like infertility for men. Prostate cancer would be super interesting. Also like sperm, low sperm count, low testosterone, like those types of things. I wonder what the emotional connection is there and the energetic connection is. And same with thyroid. I'm really seeing a lot of the males in my life have thyroid issues. And I wonder what that relates to. Also like the chakra system in relation to that. Anyway, so maybe that is an episode for next week. So let's dive right in. I really wanted to start with ovarian cysts. Now, You probably know, but if you're new, I'm healing from a hemorrhagic ovarian cyst on my right ovary. And this has been very prominent in my life in the last couple of weeks. It's been difficult to say the least, and it's probably the worst cyst I have ever had. I've had other ones before. This one has been tough for multiple reasons. And so that's kind of what led me down to figuring out how to heal, how to reduce inflammation, how to balance my hormones, even more than I was already trying to do. And then I kind of got to this point of like, what does this mean energetically and spiritually? So I'm going to read out to you kind of what I wrote and what the research, my research says about this. So 
the beliefs that people have around ovarian cysts. The first one as to like what causes them. The first one is blocked creativity or suppressed emotions. Some alternative medicine practitioners believe that ovarian cysts may be associated with creative blocks or unexpressed emotions, particularly related to femininity, creativity, and sexuality. This belief is based on the idea that the ovaries are closely tied to these aspects of a woman's life. According to this belief, unresolved emotional issues related to Femininity, creativity, and sexuality can cause energetic blockages in the ovaries, which may contribute to the development of cysts. Some people who hold this belief suggest that working through emotional issues and expressing oneself creatively can help to balance the energy flow in the ovaries and promote healing. The second one is unbalanced energy flow. In some spiritual traditions, the body's energy flow is believed to be a key factor in overall health and well-being. This is kind of like called the chi in acupuncture. The energy flow is thought to move through the body along specific pathways or meridians. Ovarian cysts may be seen as a manifestation of blocked or unbalanced energy in the body, particularly in the lower abdomen. Practitioners of energy-based therapies such as acupuncture or Reiki may work to rebalance the energy flow in the body to promote healing of ovarian cysts. And the last one is past life trauma. Some people who believe in past lives or reincarnation may see ovarian cysts as a physical manifestation of unresolved trauma from a previous life. According to this belief, the energy of past traumas can become trapped in the body leading to physical and emotional symptoms. Some people who hold this belief may suggest that working through past life issues or traumas can help to heal the ovarian cysts. So my take from this is like, I kind of relate to some of this and a lot of it I don't relate to. I get acupuncture done every single week because I do think it is so important for women's health to do acupuncture and to work on the chi and the energetic flow in the body like this talks about. And that is why acupuncture has actually been studied a ton for fertility. Now, there's a bunch of different reasons as to why it may be successful, but I think it has a lot to do with kind of what we talked about in terms of like unblocking the pathways, unblocking the chi and the energy and letting it flow through the body, increasing circulation and that type of thing. I think the research shows that the reason why acupuncture is actually like scientifically proven to help with fertility outcomes is due to the stress reduction that it causes women to have. So even with, I was talking to my acupuncturist about this this week, like she was saying that women who do like IVI or IVF and in conjunction with acupuncture weekly have like a 20% chance of it, like 20% more chance of it working. And so even with things like IVF, doing acupuncture with that can be very helpful. And I know that the clinics here in Vancouver always recommend acupuncture on top of any fertility treatment you're doing. But even without that, like even when we're looking at cysts, like I think it's really important to stimulate circulation to these areas and energy flow to these areas to help with anything that may unblock it. The other thing I want to say about this is someone sent me 
a message on Instagram about ovarian cysts and energy. And I just want to read it out to you because again, I just want you to have this information if this resonates with you and then you can take it and do more research and I don't know, manifest on it and journal on it. Think about it. So this one woman wrote to me, she said, according to German new medicine, which I've never heard of and would love to do research on, Ovarian cysts indicate a loss conflict and your left ovary is associated with a mother-child loss and your right ovary is associated with the loss of a partner. Now, my ovarian cyst is on my right ovary and I thankfully have not dealt with a loss of a partner. However, who knows what that actually means for me and who knows if kind of like related to what this what I said previously is like past life trauma. Like who knows if, what if I actually lost a partner in a past life and I'm healing from it now? Like these are the types of things where it's like, you really have to do a a lot of reflection to kind of understand what it might mean for you. And the past life trauma stuff is tough. Like I've never even really dug into that or thought about that because (laughs) it's not that I don't believe in reincarnation specifically. It's more like, how would I know what happened and how it's affecting me now? But I guess there's people that you can work with who understand that way more than I do, who would be able to help get me from A to B for that. Okay. So moving on, I want to talk about gallstones. This was a request from somebody in my DMs. I do not know a lot about gallstones. So I'm just kind of read out what they mean what they are in the body and then what they mean spiritually and energetically. So gallstones are solid particles that can develop in the gallbladder, which is a small organ located near the liver that stores bile. Some people believe that gallstones may have spiritual meanings or implications. So here are a couple of the ones related to it. So the first one is anger and resentment. In some spiritual traditions, the gallbladder is associated with emotions such as anger and resentment. According to this belief, holding on to these negative emotions can lead to an imbalance in the energy flow in the gallbladder, which may contribute to the development of gallstones. Some alternative medicine practitioners suggest that gallstones can be caused or exacerbated by an accumulation of anger or resentment, particularly if these emotions are not expressed or processed in a healthy way. They may recommend practices such as meditation, yoga, or acupuncture to help release and balance these emotions with the goal of promoting healing of the gallbladder. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it's related to emotions like this. (laughs) I also think something that I would research as well is the different chakras related to the different organs in the body like what chakra is related to the gallbladder and what happens if that chakra is blocked and what does that mean in your daily life is where I'd go from that. And then the second one is lack of forgiveness. Similar to the association with anger and resentment, some spiritual traditions also link the gallbladder with a concept of forgiveness. In this belief system, holding onto grudges or refusing to forgive can create an energetic blockage in the gallbladder which can lead to the development of gallstones. Some people who hold this belief may recommend practices such as journaling, forgiveness meditation, or forgiveness therapy to help release negative emotions and promote healing. 
So yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I almost, you know, reading this, I almost think that those two probably go hand in hand. I don't relate to this, but I could imagine that I think if you have some sort of unresolved anger or resentment, there's probably a lack of forgiveness in relation to that, to that person. Like I, I would assume that these go very much hand in hand. And I, I would, I don't know. I'd also argue that it's probably likely that if you actually forgave this person and this situation for happening, that the anger and resentment would likely go away as well. And you would be able to heal emotionally, which could relate to you healing your gallstones. Yeah. I mean, there's also other things with gallstones. Like it could be a whole episode in itself in terms of like healthy lifestyle and, you know, what can cause it. But I I don't want to necessarily go into that. Life can be so stressful sometimes with too many things going on at once. Honestly, it can be hard for me to take control of the situation. For me personally, magnesium breakthrough has helped me solve my sleep and stress problems, especially my sleep though, from winding down at the end of a stressful day to tossing and turning and waking up groggy. Magnesium breakthrough has been a total game changer. Unlike other magnesium supplements that might be giving you one to two forms of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough contains all seven forms of magnesium designed to help calm your mind and help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Over 75% of the population is magnesium deficient, which is crazy. And what most people don't know is that even if they're taking a magnesium supplement, they're still deficient because they're not getting all seven forms. Magnesium Breakthrough is the ultimate way to give your body all seven forms in one supplement. And not only does it make you sleep better, it also helps calm your mind and allows you to feel more grounded and relaxed during the day and especially before bed. Most magnesium supplements are proven to be ineffective, but this one really does work. And honestly, that's why I take it every single day. For an exclusive offer for all of my listeners, you can go to magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany and get a exclusive discount just for you. Do it now. Your body and brain will thank you. Again, that's magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany and use my promo code biohackingbrittany in all capitals at checkout and you will get a 10% off discount. It is also linked on my website. It's linked on my shop. It's linked in the show notes. It's everywhere. So go check it out now. If you're struggling with stress and sleep, Magnesium Breakthrough is for you. Okay, I want to get into fibroids. This one is interesting because my mom actually had fibroids. And when I read this, knowing what she has been through in her life, there is definitely, definitely some like parallels here. And she doesn't listen to this. She won't listen to this podcast, or maybe she will, but I might, I was thinking about actually just sending this to her and see what resonates because from what I've seen in her life, there's definitely connections here. And I could imagine it is for a lot of women because fibroids are very, very common. Doesn't mean they're normal, but they are common. So the first one is suppressed emotions. Some spiritual traditions view the uterus as a powerful center of creative energy and fertility. 
In this belief system, fibroids may be associated with suppressed emotions related to sexuality, creativity, or fertility, which is actually very similar to the ovarian cysts. Some people who hold this belief may recommend practices such as journaling, meditation, or energy work to help release and balance these emotions with the goal of promoting healing of the uterus. The second one is womb healing. In many spiritual traditions, the womb is seen as a sacred space that holds deep wisdom and intuition. According to this belief, fibroids may be seen as a sign that the uterus is in need of healing or attention. Some people who hold this belief may recommend practices such as ritual, prayer, visualization to connect with and honor the power of the womb with the goal of promoting healing fibroids. And the last one is unresolved trauma. Some people believe that the development of fibroids may be linked to unresolved emotional or physical trauma. In this belief system, fibroids may be seen as a physical manifestation of the need to heal from past experiences. Some people who hold this belief may recommend therapy, body work, or other forms of healing to address the underlying trauma with the goal of promoting healing of the uterus and fibroids. So I think this is like very, very interesting because like there's, I mean, this idea of womb healing, suppressed emotions, unresolved trauma, like that is such a trio of things that I would argue, like how many women deal with on a daily basis. And I don't think at all that it is, has to do with the individual herself. Like I, I don't think it's her fault at all. I think it is a product of our society and especially Western society that this is as common as it is. And this might be part of the spiritual beliefs that is linked to this. So yeah, like suppressed emotions, I think like that could look like so many different things. I think a lot of people don't feel like they have somebody to talk to or they have a safe space to actually say out loud how they feel. I think a lot of women are in relationships that they don't feel heard by their partner and they don't feel listened to. And so then they stop trying to speak up and then their emotions become suppressed and it becomes stagnant energy in the body, which could lead to causing fibroids. And I don't know, again, I don't think that that is necessarily the individual's fault or she should feel guilty or or you should feel guilty or anything like that. I think when we look at the balance between like feminine and masculine energy in heterosexual relationships, I think it's very much so that women are suppressed. And you know what's actually sad is like the data actually just proves this it, like in a very roundabout way, right? So when it comes to divorce, over 80% of divorces are actually started and triggered by the woman filing for divorce. Like 80% of divorces come from the woman's side, which is just like mind blowing. And then the research also shows that when, I mean, we're talking about marriage now, but when women get married, it's actually, it actually takes off years of her life and it's less healthy for her to get married Whereas the husband or the man, again, this is heterosexual, the husband or the man, he benefits and it adds years to his life and he becomes healthier. So if we look at society and we look, especially at Western society and relationships and traditional marriage structures and like what it means to be 
the feminine and the masculine, getting married benefits the masculine more and not the feminine. And that's probably why 80% of divorces are started by women. And in relation to this, it's like suppressed emotions. Like you can't help but think like how many women feel like they can't speak up or they don't have a voice or they feel like they've tried and no one's listening. And I think that's really, really sad. And I say this because I've seen it in my life. Like I've seen it in people around me, like friends and family who have sadly like gone through this type of thing. And so I think that's why these podcast episodes are actually so important is because regardless of where you are in your journey, regardless of if you're healing from gallstones or fibroids, if like some sort of like emotional, spiritual aspect really connects with you, I really think it's important to explore that before it gets worse, before your health condition gets worse, before you get to a place where maybe these are caused or there's more to them. So that's why I, you know, love holistically healing because I very much feel that the more we can do now, the better for the long term. Like prevention is everything. So, and then the womb healing as well. Like, I mean, we're really getting deep in here, but, and the unresolved trauma, like, I just, it makes me really sad with stuff like this because. I know that there's so many women who have been, you know, like abused in different ways, physically, emotionally, and spiritually abused. And it's not surprising that there's womb healing that's needed or even womb trauma, right? Like it's not surprising that women, I don't know, like I just... My my theory, okay, this is like going off really a little deep here, but my theory is that I think that every single female friend that I have and female family member that I have has been like sexually assaulted or sexually, I don't even know, I don't want to say abused, but we'll say assaulted in some way or another. I don't think I have a single female in my life who has not had that happen to her. And I don't necessarily, and like, there's a difference, right? Like I'm not talking just sexual abuse or like rape or anything like that. Like I'm also talking just like sexual assault in terms of men saying things that they shouldn't say or like inappropriate things or touching you inappropriately without your permission or consent or you saying no when someone doesn't listen or like even in a relationship you say no and you don't give consent and it doesn't matter and people do things anyway like whatever it might look like for you like it doesn't surprise me that womb healing is such a significant thing that women need to think about because of (laughs) the society that we're in. And I'm sad about this. And I've thought about this for many years and I've talked to my friends about it for many years and I wish it wasn't like this, but this is what I see around me. And you know what? Like I could be wrong. There could be women listening to this episode who are like, I have never, ever been assaulted, sexually assaulted by anybody, or I haven't been threatened by a man ever or felt threatened by a man's present presence before, or I've never 
been, you know, someone has never said anything or done anything to make me feel unsafe, but I personally don't know anybody like that. So I think there's a lot of healing collectively that might need to be done for the womb. And like, that is not my calling on earth. Like (laughs) I know there are a ton of spiritual podcasts out there and people who really talk about like healing collectively and healing like the feminine, the divine feminine and healing the womb collectively. And I think that's so important. And I will contribute to that as much as I can, but I, I really don't know a lot about it. I just know what I hear and like whatever content I might consume about it. So I would suggest that if anything I have said about fibroids or anything that I have said right now about relationships, men, safety, any of this relates to you or resonates with you or strikes you and sits with you, I would really look at that and make sure you actually do something about it. That could be therapy. That could be journaling. That could be just like starting to research different ways that you could heal. And that could actually even be microdosing. Like this is one of the things that this is a tangent again, but this is one of those things that microdosing can actually be very, very helpful for, whether it's like psilocybin or LSD. And I, I do work with a company that has those products. If you're interested, just message me on Instagram and I'll send them to you. But I went on a journey of microdosing last year for about six months, and I had a lot of healing in this area of my life, a lot of healing. And that is because psychedelics create new neural pathways in the brain. So it takes your past experiences and it makes you think about them differently and in different ways that you would have never thought of them before. And it's very difficult for you by yourself to have that realization. It's it's much easier to take a little mushrooms and let it help you get there. But I will say that it's very sobering, right? Like it's very sobering, the realizations that you have. And I will say that I would recommend doing this in conjunction with therapy, which is what I did last year. And I'm still in therapy, but when I was microdosing, it was very, very helpful to talk to a professional once a month and microdose a couple times a week. And that put me on this trajectory of healing that was much faster and deeper than I was healing prior to that. And I I had a lot of realizations. I had, uh, and I'm still having realizations now, but I had a lot of realizations last year of why I do the things that I do and why I think the way that I think and how I don't feel safe around men and all of these different things, which is an episode for another time. But essentially, yeah. So if you have like unresolved trauma or healing, seriously, please do something about it. There's so many different ways to heal. Okay. Moving on after that, we really went off the cliff on that one. I want to talk about breast lumps. And this one, I just want to talk about because I have a friend who is kind of going through this right now. And I'm I'm really sad about it. And she's young. She's 30 or maybe... Yeah, she might be 29, but so I, this one, I can, I know her. I've known her for eight years now, maybe. I know her relationships. And so it's interesting when you 
can really relate <laughs> these health issues to somebody and their life choices and, and what they do. So this is interesting. Okay. So the first one is emotional blockages. Again, this is like another thing. And it's not surprising, right? Like even with fibroids and cysts, like it's an accumulation of abnormal cells and it like blocks, it's like, it blocks even gallstones actually, right? So it blocks the energy from flowing through. So emotional blockages. According to some spiritual traditions, the breasts are associated with emotions related to nurturing and love. Some people believe that breast lumps may be a physical manifestation of blocked emotions or stagnant energy related to these areas of life. Practices that may be recommended to release these blockages and promote healing of the breasts include meditation, energy work, or emotional processing. By releasing these emotional blockages, it is believed that the body can heal and restore balance. The second one, unresolved trauma. Again, we have unresolved trauma. In some spiritual traditions, breast lumps may be seen as a physical manifestation of unresolved emotional or physical trauma. Trauma can create emotional and energetic blockages that can manifest in physical symptoms such as breast lumps. To address these underlying issues, some people may recommend therapy or other forms of healing to promote emotional and physical healing. By addressing the root causes of trauma, it is believed that the body can heal and restore balance. And the last one, spiritual awakening. Some spiritual beliefs view physical symptoms such as breast lumps as a sign of spiritual awakening or transformation. In this belief system, breast lumps may be seen as a physical manifestation of the need to release old patterns and embrace new growth and, tra and transformation. Practices that may be recommended to facilitate this process include meditation, visual visualization, or energy work. By embracing these practices, it is believed that the body can release old patterns and allow new growth and transformation to occur. Yeah, I feel like this makes a lot of sense from what I've seen. And I hope that it really, I hope something in there resonated with you. If you have dealt with some sort of breast lump before, or you're dealing with them right now. Yeah. Again, I would look at chakras. I would look at books and I would, yeah, I would start to do the work in order to like energetically and spiritually heal from them. In addition, obviously to a very healthy lifestyle and biohacking. Okay. The last one, this one is probably the most different from all four, all of the other four miscarriages. I just think it's important to talk about them. I have multiple women in my life who have had miscarriages. Even in the last year, I have a very good friend of mine who is trying for her second kid right now. And she dealt with two miscarriages back to back last year, like after not being able to get pregnant for six months. And then she had miscarriage like back to back, like got pregnant, miscarriage, got pregnant, miscarriage. And now I think they are looking at IVF. I'm not sure. I haven't, it's one of those things where, you know, we talk about it in person, not necessarily over text. And then I have another friend as well who was on birth control for a very long time and she came off and they tried to get pregnant and same thing. She had two miscarriages as well. And 
was didn't really tell a lot of people about it. And obviously that's like her prerogative. And yeah, I think there's, and actually I know another person, I'm just thinking about all these people. I had a coworker last year who went through a miscarriage in November and yeah, it's really, it's really sad, obviously. And I think that, I think there's, there's so much on this topic. And again, like I haven't had a miscarriage and I'm not an expert at all. I think, I think what I do like is that I like that there's more and more people talking about it online. I like that there's so many content creators and moms and moms to be who are creating content on this. I like that it's, you know, getting known as like a rainbow baby now. I think that's a very, very beautiful concept. I like that women are just open about being pregnant earlier. So, you know, we have this whole idea of like, okay, we, you know, we publicly tell people we're pregnant after three months because the first three months are the highest chance of having a miscarriage. So if you tell people and then you might have a miscarriage and then you have to go back and tell people that you're no longer pregnant, right? And so don't do that and just hide it from the world and then tell them, you know, later on. And like, I totally, totally understand that. Like I understand that thought process. To be honest, it sounds like a man came up with that concept and it sounds very masculine. I think that I really appreciate when people don't do that and people are very up and honest and like two weeks in they're, you know, posting online or they're on their podcast and they're like, Hey, I'm pregnant. And then if there's a miscarriage, they talk about it. And I I just, I think I really like the openness and the authenticity. And I think it's good because people need to be be able to relate to people. And that's actually what I really like about where content creation is going in general and social media is going, we are very much moving away from a curated feed and curated posts. And we're moving way more to authenticity, real, less edited. This is what I'm going through in my life. Life isn't perfect. This is really difficult for me. And that's what I really like. And I I encourage people to share about their miscarriage if you have any type of platform, or even if you don't, because I think that it's really helpful for other women to see that. Like it makes you feel like you are not alone. And that I couldn't even imagine, like that is like one of the most important things. So, you know, this makes obviously me think about my own journey. We have not tried to have a kid at this point, but we will sometime in the next year or so. And I think about this, like I think about how early on am I going to share and if I had a miscarriage, would I talk about it? I think I would. And I think it's easier maybe for me to say that right now. But I really just respect. I respect when people don't say anything, but I really, really do respect people who speak up about it because I, I think it's important. And I would love to see it become less of a taboo topic. This is, you know, this is such a bigger discussion, but there's so many topics in women's health that are taboo. And it kind of just makes me feel like women are taboo in society. Like when I was at the emergency room the other day dealing with my cyst and I was talking to this doctor who was 70 plus white dude. And he said to me, he's like, yeah, I don't know much about fertility and female health, 
And I'm like, great. Thank you for really supporting 50% of the population. Thank you for being educated and like really showing up for us. You know, like it's just stuff like that where it's like, why are you the doctor that I am forced to talk to when you know nothing about me? Like you're just giving me some sort of basic ass prescription or whatever you think is going to help where you just literally told me you don't know much about female health. So it's like, why am I wasting my time? And again, it goes back to this idea of like, are women really supported? Are women supported in society? Is women's health supported in society? Yeah. And like, why are so many things in relation to women's health taboo? Are you tired of feeling out of sync with your body's natural rhythm? Do you struggle with menstrual cycle related issues like fatigue, mood swings, and bloating? If you're looking to optimize your health and well being, look no further than the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide. This comprehensive guide is designed to help you better understand and work with your menstrual cycle so you can improve your energy levels, reduce PMS symptoms, and gain a deeper understanding of your body. With in-depth information on each phase of the menstrual cycle, you'll learn how to adjust your diet, exercise routine, and self-care practices to better align with your body's needs. One of the biggest benefits of the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide is its user-friendly format. The guide is easy to follow and provides clear instructions on how to optimize your health throughout each phase of your cycle. Plus, it's packed with valuable information and insights that you won't find anywhere else. So whether you're a seasoned biohacker or you're just starting out, the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide is the perfect tool to help you optimize your health and live in harmony with your body's natural rhythm. And with my expertise and guidance, you can trust that you're getting the best information and advice available. So why wait? Head over to biohackingbrittany.com to get your copy of the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide and start living your best life today. Like why? Like your period. How many times do you get up in your life and hide a tampon up your sleeve when you're at a restaurant to deal with your period? That's such bullshit. That's so, that's such bullshit. Like what? Why? Why are periods taboo? Why are miscarriages taboo or anything to do with birth? It just, yeah, it's very frustrating because I don't know what men's health topics are taboo. Like, I don't know what, like what happens in, in men's health where it's kind of like hidden from society and it's like seen as like something you don't talk about. I, I don't know, like literally slide into my DMs and, and show me and prove me wrong because I really think like women are just like <laughs> made to feel taboo in their own bodies and it obviously has to relate to our patriarchal healthcare system in the West. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Okay, so additional details. Let's get into spiritual beliefs, beliefs around miscarriage. So the first one is lessons or karma. Some spiritual beliefs suggest that the experience of miscarriage may be related to lessons that a person or a couple needs to learn. According to this belief system, the soul of the child may have agreed to enter into their physical realm, this physical realm, for a short period of time in order to provide an opportunity for growth or learning for the parents or family. It is believed that the loss of the child was part of their soul's plan and that the experience may have been necessary in order for the parents or family to learn certain lessons or complete certain karmic cycles. 
Some people may find comfort in this belief system because it can help them find meaning in the loss and see it as a part of a larger spiritual journey. Whew, that one's tough. That's tough to hear. The second one, soul contract. In some spiritual beliefs, it is believed that souls choose their physical experience before they are born. This includes the timing, location, and circumstances of their birth, as well as the length of their physical life. According to this belief system, a soul may choose to enter the physical realm for a brief period of time and then return to the spiritual realm. Some people believe that a miscarriage may be a result of the soul choosing to return to the spiritual realm before they are born. In this belief system, the parents or family may have agreed to this contract on a soul level, and the experience of miscarriage is part of that agreement. This belief system can provide comfort to some individuals because it suggests, again, that the loss of the child was part of a greater spiritual plan. The last one, divine timing. Some spiritual beliefs suggest that everything happens for a reason and that the timing of events is divinely orchestrated. According to this belief system, the experience of miscarriage may be part of a larger plan or timing. Some people may believe that the loss of the child occurred at the exact time for a specific reason, even if they may not understand that reason at that time. This belief system can provide comfort to some individuals because it suggests that the loss was not a random or meaningless event, but rather part of a larger spiritual journey. Whew, I I think there's like kind of this underlying theme with this of that you can find meaning in the loss and understand it's part of a larger spiritual journey. And there's a lot to obviously unpack with that in relation to your personal life and what you are personally going through. I actually saw somebody, I think it was on TikTok, who was talking about soul babies. Is that what it's called? It might be because because I'm just thinking about this. And essentially, I'm pretty sure the concept is that you kind of are actually able to talk and listen and relate and feel the presence of your baby's soul before your baby is physically in this world. I think that is a very, very beautiful concept. And I think it's almost part of like this idea of visualization and manifestation of like feeling like you can connect to that baby before that baby is here. And I, I really think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And regardless of if there's scientific evidence for it or not, I don't think it really matters because I think that idea of a soul baby is such a healing framework for women and men, but probably more for women. I think it's such a healing framework that it would just emotionally support women and reduce stress and reduce anxiety and depression around these really heavy topics. So if you haven't heard of soul babies and this like relates to you, I suggest you kind of look that up and I might, I'll actually just share with you. I don't, I don't know if I've told anybody this. Well, it's two things. One, I have two friends of mine who are spiritually inclined, let's say. My one friend is from Kenya. I'm from South Africa and we kind of just click really well because 
of the African culture. Like we just kind of understand each other really well. And she has in her lineage of women in her family, they kind of have like visualizations and like predictions. And she, I don't want to say she can see the future, but like she's told me different things before, which has been very interesting. And so, yeah, anyway, so she has told me that she has told me visions that she has had of me and my future child, which has been very, very cool to hear. I could, I will tell you the two that she told me and she's told me these at different times in my life. And she has told me them when I haven't asked for them. It's typically after we've hung out, she'll actually text me and be like, Hey, I had this vision of you. And so the first one, it's funny that I'm sharing these. Like, I don't even think I've told a lot of my friends, but the first one is she sees me with a baby boy and she had a vision of me or was it my partner's name's Ryan or my husband's name's Ryan. I think it was like me holding him or Ryan holding him around the Christmas tree and having like this Christmas moment together and like putting ornaments on the tree together. And then another vision that she had was so random, but it was like me in the kitchen and I, and he was like on my hip and I was opening up the fridge. <laughs> and she's like described to me what he looks like, which is really cute as well. And then my other girlfriend who is also spiritually inclined has, she's been like weirdly predictive of things. Like she told me that I was going to write some sort of book or guide or like piece of like larger content. And I just released the guide like two weeks ago (laughs) on a cycle thinking and like living with your menstrual cycle. And she told me that like two months ago, like before that, she's like, I have this like vision of you writing something. I don't know what it is, but like it's coming up really soon. Like you're writing this big piece of content. So that was cool. And I think that the idea of soul babies is really important. I think if you are really looking to spiritually heal in general, and like you're on this preconception fertility health journey, I would really look into that. The other thing I want to say about this, my last note is that, well, actually there's a couple things, two things. (laughs) I guess I just know a lot about this, but women are, I feel like most women can actually feel the kids that they are going to have. I feel like most women can feel the genders and even before they're pregnant, like I actually feel like women can predict kind of what they're going to have, like intuitively. I think there's like this sense of intuition there. And then I also have been told, and I actually read this and I've read it in a few books now, is that women are so intuitive that when you are pregnant and you have dreams of your baby, the sex of the kid in your dream is what your kid ends up being a hundred percent of the time, a hundred percent. There is actually research on that. So if you get pregnant and you have a dream of a baby boy or a baby girl, that like, that is predictive of what you have. Now, mind you, what if you have a dream of each, right? Like 
and I don't know if that happens, I would need to do more research in this, like even if that's possible. But I just find this type of thing very fascinating because I think it really, and like the whole, this whole podcast episode has been about this of like, there is more to us than what we see. There is more to healing. There's more to the body. The idea of soul babies, the idea of I'm dreaming and I dreamt up the gender, the idea of having friends who are like spiritually inclined, who are like, hey, I'm having visions of you with this kid. There is more to life than we see. And there's more to health in our bodies than we see. And there are so many, so many people out there who specialize in this line of work who can help you. If you related to any of this content that I've put out today and any of the things that I've said, whether it's fibroids or gallstones or ovarian cysts or fertility, really, like, I think that's a sign. I think it's a sign that you should explore doing some deeper work. And it's hard. You know, like, that's the thing. It's like, it's actually hard. Like, if you buy a book that's like, hey, how do I heal my past trauma? Like, I and I I'm saying this because I just bought one two days ago. And then it's like on my nightstand. And then I get into bed after a long day and I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to read this book, this heavy book <laughs> about healing past trauma right before I go to bed. I don't know. So, but I still think it's important. And for anyone listening, the book that I ordered is called The Origins of You. And it's about healing childhood trauma. I haven't read it, but I heard the author on a different podcast and it sounded phenomenal. So much so that I actually sent it to all of the members in my family and they all ordered a copy. So I might have to have the author on my podcast. Anyway, I really hope that this episode resonated with you. And yeah, I hope it encouraged you to kind of look at different ways of healing and look inward and do reflection on what you are physically dealing with and how you actually might be able to heal it on an energetic and spiritual level. Stay tuned next week for another episode. Two episodes a week now, baby. Tuesday and Friday. Hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. There are thousands of listens every month. It would be awesome to hit 1 million downloads. We'll get there. And follow me on Instagram. I am the most active on Instagram. And but I mean, Instagram is the easiest, especially for people who want to chat about their personal health. I am producing a preconception health program, and it actually will include the spiritual and emotional aspect to it. Because again, I think it's just important and it's part of his holistic healing. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be dropping this summer. That's going to be a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. That's not like a little, like, you know, guide, 60 page guide that I just produced. Mind you, that was a lot of work as well. But like, this program is everything that I don't see out there. It's a program, it's not a guide. Like, this is going to be a big whammer. This is, yeah. So get ready for it. Yeah. Stay tuned for more episodes next week and follow me on all social platforms and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. 
Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.